truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for joining us here today on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on The Blaze. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. We're going to open up the phone lines later on on today's show. We're going to conduct another little Monday town hall with a very simple question coming up in hour number two. Shortly after uh, we broke out of here, uh, late afternoon, Friday, uh, early evening Friday, the corner there in New York officially ruled Jeffrey Epstein's death as a suicide. Are you buying it? Why or why not? Because I'm not. But we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on, and we'll take your phone calls on that at 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program at D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. No Bob Vanderplots this weekend, but uh, I'm or, or this this week, but I'm going to introduce you at the bottom of the hour. And I haven't even told Todd and Aaron what this is going to be. But uh, we 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 tend to have a theme every year on the show. And it's something we kind of, kind of, it keeps us anchored. And it, it's a way that, you know, we, we don't just sit here and do a greatest hits album all the time. You know, two of my all time favorite uh, bands are the Beatles and U2. They're known for evolving even within a, you know, album by album basis. And so it's one way that we make sure we don't go stale here. All right. Well, beyond the fact that, you know, that's kind of our default mechanism to begin with, you know, so, you know, last year the theme was worldview. Now, worldview is a staple of our show, but we stressed it and made it a predominant theme throughout the course of the year. In, in 2019, our theme has been the year of no BS. And we plan on finishing strong where that theme is concerned, gentlemen. All right. So what is next year's theme going to be? I, I, I don't have quite the exact wording down, but I'm going to demonstrate it to you and I'm going to unveil it to Todd and Aaron here in real time coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of those zany hijinks, speaking of zany, here's Aaron with his rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? We'll start with North Korea, who fired two rockets into the Sea of Japan late last week. It's the sixth test of ballistic missiles from the Hermit Kingdom in the last three weeks. It's unclear what the United States' response will be. Late last week, Israel announced they would not allow Congresswomen Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar to accompany a U.S. delegation to the country, citing their support of the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. In response, Congresswoman Tlaib penned a letter requesting the decision be reversed, saying she wanted to visit her 90-year-old grandmother in the West Bank and noting how she'd respect any restrictions and not support anti-Israel efforts while she was in the country. Israel then reversed itself, saying they'd let Tlaib into their country. Then on Friday, Tlaib reversed herself, saying that if she couldn't promote her political views, she didn't want to visit. Speaking of Congresswoman Tlaib, she and Congresswoman Omar shared a cartoon depicting Donald Trump and Bibi Netanyahu working in tandem to silence their voices. The cartoon was emblazoned with a Star of David, so the connotation there is obvious. Meanwhile, Bill Maher said this about the anti-Israel BDS movement. It's a bl- purity test. BDS is a purity test by people who want to appear woke but actually slept through history class. It's it's predicated 
on this notion, I think it's, it's very shallow thinking that the Jews are in Israel mostly white and the Palestinians are browner, so they must be innocent and correct and the Jews must be wrong. As, as if the occupation came right out of the blue, that this completely peaceful people found themselves occupied. Forget about the infitadas and the suicide bombings the and, and the rockets and how many wars. The New York Times announced recently the 1619 Project, which seeks to show how every institution in the United States was actually rooted in slavery. Naturally, presidential candidate Pedro O'Rourke agrees. In this country... Though we would like to think otherwise, was founded on racism, has persisted through racism, and is racist today. The official cause of death of Jeffrey Epstein was released. The autopsy apparently confirms his death was by suicide. This weekend on the streets of Portland, Oregon, the alt-right group Proud Boys clashed with Antifa, pictured here. At one point, the Proud Boys sought to remove themselves from the action by taking a... short bus away from the chaos. Antifa wouldn't let them, and then this happened. (laughs) Apparently, President Trump was sitting around recently, finna get crunk, eyebrows on fleek, when he thought, I'm gonna buy Greenland. This is according to anonymous sources reported by the Wall Street Journal. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is Greenland. It's got electrolytes. Groenlandia tiene electrolitos. President Trump also bashed Fox News. Juan Williams. Then they have the wonderful woman that gave Hillary Clinton the questions. That was a terrible thing. And all of a sudden she's working for Fox. What's she doing working for Fox? Fox has changed. And my worst polls have always been from Fox. There's something going on at Fox, I'll tell you right now. And I'm not happy with it. A public art event in Grand Rapids, Michigan next month will feature men and women with Down syndrome performing as quote-unquote drag queens and drag kings. The dating app OkCupid tweeted, quote, Girls clap, don't clap, want clap, flowers clap, and clap, chocolates clap, girls clap, want clap, someone clap, who clap, supports clap, reproductive clap, rights clap. Mercedes-Benz launched off their Driven by Diversity marketing campaign recently. Life. Healing. Sunlight. Nature. Harmony. Spirit. The Snopes versus Babylon Bee feud is still in full force, apparently. This comes after the quote-unquote fact-checking website commissioned a study to figure out people's views of satire and claim that too many people think satire is real news. There are so many things about that that are so awesome, but we'll just leave it there. And finally, the following video is how I imagine most of you look when you think you're about to hear some good news on the montage. And that's what happened while we were away. That's almost entering Cambodian smoking toddler and jihadi blown up mid propaganda stream in real time status. Almost. Almost. That that was excellent. <laughs>
Aaron's Montage today brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to take advantage of a booming real estate market, maybe your neighborhood's a little bit like mine where there's all kinds of yard signs for real estate companies now, maybe even some you've never heard of before. So how do you know that you've got an agent that you can trust, that you've got an agent with a, a proven track record of success that's verifiable, that you've got an agent whose marketing plan consists of something other than, let's do another open house this week two people will come to. Uh, and then maybe someone who actually return your calls or before they call you five minutes before they say hey i've got a live one in the neighborhood that wants to see your house right now forgets that they conveniently said they'd at least give you a 15 to 30 minute heads up right how will you, how would you know if you could find that kind of an agent where well, that's where real estate agents i trust.com comes in these are agents that have been vetted not to find clients but to find that you are worthy of being their agent all right. So if you want an agent that you can trust, it's really simple. Go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's go through some of the highlights in the montage here. We're going to spend next hour talking about the official cause of death with, with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, that's coming up in the next hour. I want to begin, uh, though, discussing your montage, Aaron, with a question, if you don't mind. Go ahead. What is OKCupid? Okay it's a dating app. A dating app and a dating website. Okay. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I had. Okay. Just, I had no idea what that was, and you made it sound like I was supposed to know. Uh, they, um, they own several other sites. Let me, oh, uh, let me look it up here okay. real quick. Okay. Because it's, I mean, a lot of people know who it is. I, I had heard of it before this tweet. Okay. Uh, All right. No, that, that's fine. No yeah, problem. Okay. It's a thing. What, what is, what bowl of Cheerios did some um, site operator at the Babylon Bee urinate in over at the Snopes offices ever? What is Snopes' obsession with this site? And is it just as simple as this is just anti-Christian hatred? I mean, how, how dare you... You know, what the devil hates the most is to be mocked kind of well, a thing. That's, how, that's, how dare you do this better it. than us? You know, scorn, ridicule, parody are, is supposed to be our domain. How dare you come over, uh, dare to compete in this arena and not only compete, but come over the top rope and pin us uh, almost every single time you do. Is that really what this is? Just anti-Christian butthurt? Well, well, it's not. It's more the, the mockery. It, 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 it's less so that it's specifically... Christian, because we were conservatives, were kind of a one-trick pony for a long time. Uh, it started off as we've talked about with Rush Limbaugh, and we've, we we got this thing called, you know, conservative talk down pretty good in, mm -hmm. in many respects. But what there was no other thing, and there was a you've lamented it. You know why why aren't we better at entertainment? Why are our movies humor so, especially yeah. humor? Why is it, it those of even there was some. Like a decade ago, some version of some conservative daily show that was tried and it lasted like two days or something. And these guys just, they didn't just nail it. I mean, but it, it's just a tour de force of all of the chivalrous are just being destroyed. And they hate it. This is my, what I experienced in the newsroom a lot of times to mm -hmm. the degree I was effective with this kind of thing at the, at the Des Moines Register. I mean, they, they love the insular nature of what they do and hiding behind their various optics. And this one just explodes all of them, Steve. There's another, I think, ingredient in the, in the successful recipe for the Babylon Bay. And, and I think on a, on a 
on another level, it's why my own show has survived various alterations of the political environment and wide swings of, you know, um, I was going to cost Mitt Romney the election and now it's, I can't now, and those same people who used to blame me for that will now send me notes. I, I can't believe I ever voted for that guy, right? That, those kinds of swings of, how, how, how has my own show survived? And, well, I mean, there's a, you can, I, of course, there's going to be perhaps a spiritual answer that's just, you know, you're operating on a plan that's not your own. So, but set that, setting that aside, because we don't orchestrate or govern those plans. Those are outside of our own domain, right? I mean, the things, so I'm always speaking, don't Jesus juke me, I'm speaking within the realm of the things that we can actually control, that, are, that, are, that were given to, for us to be sovereign over, all right? When the master left and he left us the talent, this is what we have done with it. And what I love about the Babylon Bee the most is they have done, and, and I think they do it better. That's why you've heard me say, when I grow up, that's where I want to go to work. But the spirit of what they've done is what I've always tried to do with this show. There is no sacred cows. And I think this is what really irritates them. That if, if they just ignored the cartoon figures that Robert Jeffers and Jerry Falwell Jr. become, by the way, we, over the weekend, I'll, I'll throw something in that didn't make your montage. Sure. We finally got one good reason for Jerry Falwell Jr.'s just insipid, you know, nauseating sellout of, uh, of Trump propaganda. It, it might have saved his football coach, Hugh Freeze's life. Because his football coach, Hugh Freeze, kept having these back spasms and he couldn't get him to go away. And so Falwell calls up Ben Carson. You know, he's only, we'd kind of forgotten this, but he's only like the most decorated neurosurgeon in, in like Evs. So he calls up Ben Carson, who's now the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. And, and Carson makes a couple of calls and they found out this guy had like a major staph infection. That could have, if it gone untreated much longer, could have been um, lethal. So we've sat around here for the last few years wondering what good is being served by whatever it is that Jerry Falwell Jr. has become. We can now say, it appears, it's at least saved one person's life. He's a faith healer now. Uh, well, I, I, I'm not, and, and I don't really mean that for mockery. I'm trying to. That's I'm gotcha. trying to do exactly what I'm just saying. I'm. Yeah. I'm keeping score. Yeah. He developed some level of contact that if he had not had this a few years ago, maybe Hugh Freeze doesn't live. And if you're wondering, yeah, Hugh Freeze was the football coach at Ole Miss with the text messages and the massage parlors. He's also the football coach. I believe he's the high school coach in uh, the other side or, or the blind side. I believe Michael Orr, that movie with Sandra Bullock that everybody loved a few years ago. I think ah. he's the high school coach of Michael Orr, if I remember right. But Interesting. But back to the Babylon Bee, they will skewer those folks. Mm -hmm. And so the self-awareness that they are willing to practice, the double-edged sword that they're willing to wield, it gives the likes of, it gives the, the folks on the left that will never skewer their own, would never do that. Um, would never do what Bill Maher does. I mean, if, if you hear me talk about what's the difference, a liberal and a leftist, Bill Maher is the old liberal that when I got into this, we all used to get into this to debate and defeat. But in the end, recognize this America thing's a pretty good deal. Let's, you know, I'd like to have it made more in my image, but let's not just burn this sucker to the ground like the New York Times appears to be poised to do. We'll get to that here in a moment, all right? But you can see there that um, his worldview 
wants to alter reality. That's he wants a different reality than we as as conservatives and or Christians do. <clears throat> Bill Maher does, but but he's not so given over to leftism that he he is afraid of acknowledging reality for what it is. And you saw that with what he pointed out about is Islamists and the so-called fake Palestinian state and the fake Palestinian question and BDS and Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar. You saw that and you could see the the people on that panel, Rick Wilson, who's supposed to be the Republican, <laughs> but he's not. Um, he's, but you can see Rick Wilson, kind of a moderate Democrat who used to just served as a Republican for many years. Like, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I don't know who the other people on there, there's somebody on there, there's like a hard lefty on that panel when you watch that clip that just cannot believe he is saying these things. Because the difference between a liberal and a left, a liberal is like, you know, I'd prefer to have reality look the way that I want it to. The leftist says, I'm going to make it so. Right? The liberal says, I, I want government to be per, to permit you to do the stuff that God says is dumb and, and stupid and more immoral because I don't obey God anyway. The leftist says, I am my own God. And I will, and and once I control government, I am a jealous God, and I will make you do those things, even if you don't want to, right? And the that level of self awareness of his own belief system is why Bill Maher has survived in this environment, taking on snowflakes and Islamists at the same time he's clubbing conservatives, Christians, etc. That is what the Babylon Bee has mastered, and so what, what the. And and by doing so, they, there's no there's, they don't have a soft spot to attack. And I think that that can I use an analogy? Do you mind? Is it your show? Yes. When you read in the Gospels, and religious detractors they keep coming back to Jesus, and then they 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 would come at him with what are obvious apparent contradictions and he would not grant their premise he'd be like yeah that's that's a total scam i don't buy into that render a caesar that which is caesar render unto gods that which is gods yeah i don't i don't play that game you can, you know take your false binary choice and you know stick it where the sun doesn't shine and they're like oh and they would like keep coming back almost like this obsessive compulsiveness to find some soft spot to find some hypocrisy that was unaddressed to find some glaring contradiction to you clearly at some point jesus you are going to fit into one of our tribes here and he's like i'm i'm kind of doing this new tribe so nope <laughs> no and i think that's in a in a small way that's what they have that's the space they're inhabiting now and these leftists who are used to well we'll just trip up the falwell juniors robert jeffress types with their own blatant, um, yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and criticize the homosexuals. It's obvious you don't care about adultery anymore, right? Yeah. Right? And they just don't play any of that. They just don't. You know, I mean, if you go to their website, every, I mean, you're going to find Trump getting hammered, leftists getting hammered, and it's just, it, it, is, it is a double-edged sword wielded with reckless abandon for, with no regard whatsoever for your tribalistic sensibilities. And I think that's what this increasing leftist obsession with this website is. They cannot believe they won't play the game. Hey, don't you know the rules of engagement here? You mock us and cover for your own fools and... Um, and then we get to point out your hypocrisy while you point out ours. Yeah, I mean, it's a give and take going on. And over the Babylon Bee, they're like, well, 
that's not what we're doing here. But thank you. We appreciate it. And that's what we've never done with this show. We're just not interested in it on any level. That's why when I see stuff like Trump criticizing Fox for all of the wrong reasons, I cringe. I cringe. Because you know what the implication of his criticisms are? You're supposed to be pushing my narrative out there, regardless of whether it's true or not. That's the implications of his criticisms of Fox. Well, you're, you're supposed to be a, a de facto spokesperson for my administration. I, I thought you guys abandoned that whole re, we report, uh, you decide stuff in order to be Trump shills. You're doing a very poor job of it right now, right? Is that not the implication of his criticism? Oh, I think it's more than implied. I, 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 if let's, can we, should we even go, Todd, with the, can you only imagine if Barack Obama called on MSNBC and said, you know, I don't think you guys are being forward enough here. You know, and that's why I'm watching the Young Turks more. You guys aren't being forward enough here, and that's why I'm watching the Young Turks more. Can you only imagine what everybody in our we industry would imagine. be saying We don't have to imagine. We're today. doing this right now about the New York Times right. and what it's doing. We're doing it in real time, Steve. These are all, and, and that brings in the New York Times thing. These are all symptoms of a culture. Well, of a political culture. I'm still not entirely convinced the culture writ large is signing up for this. Now, Europe in, in 1914, writ large, didn't sign up for, um, you know, uh, grinding the axe of, of, of the Austrian ruler's uh, anger at his nephew being killed. I think it was his nephew, right? Wasn't Archduke Ferdinand, wasn't, his, wasn't it his nephew, I believe? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Not all of Europe signed up for that. Not, not all of Europe was particularly worked up that day. But... Because of the way that the alliances were intertwined, they all eventually got dragged into this grievance. I could, and, and so I don't believe the culture writ large. I mean, one of the, one of the things I saw over the weekend is Jay-Z and the NFL have, have, have launched an alliance to basically de-woke the NFL and, and stop talking about Colin Kaepernick and start uh, uh, promoting capitalism. Did you guys see this? I saw it. And like, and like whatever's left of ESPN's woke culture, and there's not much of it left. They have, they, the new management there has, has run a lot of those people off. One of the few guys is Bomani. Everything's racist to Jones, and he's at some symposium. My guess is he won't be there much longer at ESPN after this, but, um, and, and is losing his mind that Jay-Z's like sold out. <laughs> All right? So I don't know that the culture writ large. Let's not do this. Let's not mistake the fact that Democrats want to be in power instead of Republicans and will use methods to get power as opposed to Republicans in order to obtain power. And politicians everywhere often will say things they don't mean or believe in order to win. Let's not, let's not forget that's one of the age-old issues, all right? Because I'm still not convinced the culture writ large is, is down with the clown. Is up is up for some civil war action. I think I think most of them would just like to cash the check, homie, is what I think most people would like to do. All right? But the political culture has made it clear. The political culture, without question, is in a full-fledged cold civil war. Now it's just a matter of whether it, it's just a matter of how many people in the Democratic Party really believe the stuff that's in that New York that the New York Times is launching. And I don't think it's that many, but then that begs another question. How many people in the Democratic Party are willing to say no to that? Because you might have all kinds of people who don't agree with it. 
And and a lot of people though, I mean, we live in an era where you watch an old lady getting assaulted on the street or on a on a subway. What do people do? Do guys jump in and beat the ass of the thug punk who's 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 assa- assaulting this old woman? How many views this is going to? Yeah, get. they grab their phones and film it. You're you're sitting there watching your daughter get lapped by a dude at the state track meet. Any dad standing up raising a stink about this? Not yet. Nope. All right. So I think it's far more likely that there's all kinds of people that if they could hide behind an anonymous screen name in a comment section somewhere would, would sign up for, I'm a Democrat. I like big government, but I don't want to like end America and stuff. But how many of them are willing to do what you see Bill Maher do on a limited basis? I think that number is un piquito. And if you stay silent, eventually they will take that as a scent. And this is where we're going to go. I mean, the New York Times is essentially telling you that all of Americana is forfeit in their minds. We're going straight up revisionist history here. We're going straight up newspeak. We're not even going to hide this. There, you know, the, 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 the clip of the woman on CNN last week who said, you know, we tried this objectivity thing. It didn't get us what we wanted. New York Times is like, true that. They're going all the way with it now. Yeah. Yeah. They're going all in now. There's no room at the end for you. There's no place for you. God bless Eric Erickson's out there fact-checking their history. That's good for our our audiences to know that. But it's it's like sharing Josh McDowell apologetics with ISIS members. They're probably so far gone that you know, you're, you're going to spend more time edifying the brethren that they have good, hearty defenses for their faith than convince a guy in mid-crucifixion in Yemen. You know what? And then you handed me more than a carpenter. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put the, the, the torch down. Pretty much when you're at that point now, you're kind of at that, you're, you're kind of all in, you're pot committed, as we yes. say at the poker table. New York Times is telling you right now, it's official. Truth is dead. They're pot committed to this. The undoing of America. They're telling you that. And now you're about to find out. And, and it'll be these next few months when we find out. Now that we're getting in. Because these are the next few months that are going to determine what is the, in, the environment in next year's Democratic primary is not going to be set once we start voting. It, the environment's going to determine what happens when the Democrats start voting. And, will, and is there a movement in the mainstream American left to say, we hate Donald Trump, we think he's terrible, we disagree with Republicans on everything, we don't want to end America, though. I'm not optimistic there is. But we're going to find out. Because the hard leftists on the other side, they're signaling now, when the New York Times says, we're going to the left of Vox, who just fired their wokey dude that went after Stephen Crowder, right? Or uh, they encouraged him to seek employment elsewhere and he resigned. Is that yes, what happened? Yes. Deadspin. Deadspin, which has done, which has made a, a living off of trolling and clickbaiting ESPN with leftist wokeism. They're dying. They're in debt. They just fired their wokey editress. She's gone. They're going to get back to doing smut videos with athletes now, you know, and tell us what Julian Edelman's Twitter account is like. Okay. So 
in several arenas, this is dying. But the mainstream of the left now is saying, we'll take the baton and we'll take it from here. We'll take it from here. So like the, the, the red light districts on the left have tried to make a living doing this. Or the, the non-traditional places, ESPN tried, blew up in their face. Vox tried, blew up in its face. Deadspin tried, blew up in its face. Hollywood has tried. No one goes sees these movies. No one is going to go buy what was a Mercedes Benz because of uh, driven by diversity. They won't sell one damn vehicle on planet Earth for that. I promise you, not one, not one. And so now you're seeing that the folks in the newsroom at the New York Times are the true believers because they're looking at the market forces. They're looking at the plummeting ratings. CNN doesn't have any ratings. MSNBC's ratings have plummeted since the whole Russian collusion narrative has imploded. Rachel Maddow, remember she was just challenging Sean Hannity for number one in cable news a year or two ago, right? Mm -hmm. She's Her audience has dropped 30-40%. And so in response to all of these market forces now, the likes of the New York Times are like, and that's why we need, they're like Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and in the, in the, in, in this, in the, uh, after credit scene where he's like, or is it Avengers Age of Ultron where he grabs the gauntlet? He says, Fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do, do it, it myself. myself. Yeah. That's what the New York Times is doing now. They're like, you know what? You amateurs can't pull this off. The adults are going to have to do this. So it is a full bore cold civil war within the political culture. And now we'll find out. Will it drag all of American culture down with it? More in a moment. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were unbiased platforms that didn't choose a side politically? Well, keep dreaming. In 2016, the tech elites at Google bragged about donating millions of dollars uh, to Hillary. These big tech companies that push their political agendas and restrict free speech rights of conservatives are the very same conserv- corporations we're trusting to handle our personal data online. Now, I don't want them using my web history, email metadata, video searches against me, and that's why I use ExpressVPN every time I go online. Big tech companies can match your internet activity to your identity or location using your public IP address. When I use ExpressVPN, these tech companies can't see my IP address at all. Therefore, my identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server. Plus, ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting 100% of my data to keep us safe from hackers and those internet bad guys. Does that sound complicated? Well, it's not. I promise ExpressVPN software takes just a minute to set up on your computer or phone. You tap one button and you're protected. It, it took me five minutes uh, to put it on all my devices. So if you're like me and you believe internet data belongs to you and not to big tech, then ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Steve with a one-year package. That's three free months with a one-year package at expressvpn.com slash Steve. Expressvpn.com slash Steve. So we we try to each year, and we don't do it every year because we don't want it. We don't like contriving things either. Like if we don't feel something, if it doesn't, sense that like you know we're not feeling the rhythm we like make it so we'll just go we'll just you know go with what we got but you know we we tend to try to have a theme every year you know we we get done here for the last 
week before Christmas, take a, the last couple of weeks of the year off. We typically either have a meeting right around that time we get off or right before we come back, kind of setting the tone for what the new year is going to be. And in, in 2017, coming off of, of, of a painful to experience election on multiple cycles, we decided, you know, we got to get back to first things here on the show and, and reassess or, or reprioritize worldview as the driving force for how and why we do what we do. And then after kind of, you know, sowing that seed for a year, when we got together and discussed for 2018, we just thought, you know what? Um, or no, that was in, it was in 2018. That was the worldview year. That's right. 2017 was when we got back to first things with a, a kind of American principles. And we went back through uh, the 5,000 year leap and, and some of those things again, right? right. Okay. Right. I'm getting my years conflated. And then 2018 was the, was the worldview year this year. Uh, was the was the year of no BS year. And I think we've done a fairly decent job with that. You guys okay with how we have navigated the year of no BS so far? Yes. Sure. All right. And and we plan on finishing strong where that's concerned. Don't worry. But I'm already thinking of what's next year's theme going to be. And I I've, I've settled on what it will be. I don't know that I I've got the the pithy wording I like quite yet. But I want our show next year. There, there's we're going to get a twelve, a, well, an eleven month Super Bowl next year that we have to cover and we cannot ignore, and we'd be derelict in our duties if we did. And that's the election, all right. And there's got to be some way, and it, it's it's August nineteenth, so we got you know, four months to figure this out, okay? But when we come in here for 2020, and we may have to even constantly have a reset, we're like, hey, this is straight up analysis of what's happening. Not a preference, not ideological, you know, gamesmanship, all right? We've removed all of that. And we're just, this is just cold-blooded, cold-blooded straight up. But there, there needs to be some place, because I, I suspect that our options for this are going to be limited. There, there even used to be a place with certain, well, we, you know, what we used to call liberal media. I don't think the liberal media exists anymore. I think it's gone. I mean, it's largely, with a few exceptions, the propaganda arm of an invading armada in a cold political civil war. But there used to be some places where I thought I could get some objective data. 538 would be an example. I'm not confident that's going to continue. Doesn't mean it won't. But I don't think those of us, because we don't read it. And we don't care. And we wrote it off a long time ago. But, you know, we've often talked about on this show, one of the lessons I learned in the 2016 election is you can have all the money you want all the organization you want. If you don't have Fox, Drudge, and Rush, you don't control the narrative. And once those three, particularly Fox, went with the narrative that Ted Cruz was stealing elections after he won five straight states, we were done. You know, April 3rd, 2016, it was the night we whipped Trump's booty in Wisconsin. And a lot of people thought that was the turnaround of the, of the primary process, right? Within a month, we were out of the race. And once, once Fox went with the narrative, we were stealing elections, which we weren't. We were just playing by the convention delegate rules that the party has laid out. That's all. 
We were just had the foresight as a campaign to take those seriously. But once Fox went with the narrative that we were stealing elections, we were done. And if I would have said to anybody that night of the Wisconsin primary, was that April 3rd, April 5th, somewhere around there, that within 30 days, Ted Cruz would be totally out of this race, you'd have thought I was nuts. That's exactly what happened. The New York Times is that for the other, for the other side. I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, we're laughing and joking about it or we're, we're perturbed by it. But, but I don't know that because we don't live in that world of caring what the New York Times thinks like about anything really or taking it seriously. I don't know that we can put a true value on what it means to have the New York Times say we're all in that this country was terrible from the very beginning and we're going to we're going to we're going to show it to you. We're going to we're going to take the the UW Madison um we're going to take the uh Cal Berkeley we're going to take the Wellesley College for Women narratives, history narratives. Um, what is that guy, Howard Zink or whatever? Who am I thinking of that's like the uh, Hate America historian? Oh, Howard that, Zinn. Zinn, that all the leftists love. We're going to turn the New York Times into a Howard Zinn book. I don't think we understand. Now, if you've worked in a newsroom like you and I have, you do understand what this means. The mouth of the river. The only thing more prevalent to these people than the Washington Post, New York Times is the Associated Press. And so when, when the Oracle says, we're going in this direction, the rest of them are going to follow suit. And I think that's going to taint even a lot of the, you know, I, the polls were not wrong in 2016. I don't know how many more times I have to tell you that. They were actually almost dead accurate. The real clear politics polling average almost nailed what the actual popular vote was. And the state polls that all showed that many of these, ba these battleground states were too close to call. So who got it wrong were the forecasters like me, New York Times, Upshot, 538. The, take, the data wasn't wrong, the forecasts were. I don't know how much of the data we're going to be able to trust. And, and then I don't know how many of our own people want data that they can trust either. Let's just be honest about that here in the year of no BS. I don't, I don't know how many of you just don't want to be told, you know, I mean, Trump could just be out there literally grabbing women by the hoo-hahs on camera. And I don't know how many of you don't want me to come in here every day if that were to happen and say, it's a deep fake. It's a deep fake. And these are the, oh, even if it's not, these are the greatest grabs that happened. You've never seen grabbings like this. I mean, you know, a lot of conservative media's audience are people that want to be told the home team's going to win every game and then blame the refs. And in this case, that's the media when they don't. It's always the media. So I don't care about that. And I never got into this to cater to people like you anyway. If, if you like enough of the rest of what we do here that you listen and watch, I won't turn you away. We, we love having you, but I'm not doing that line of work. All kinds of other people do it. They'll all do it better than I could possibly do it anyway. But there needs to be some place next year, some place that is going to try to critically analyze the election. And I want it to be us. Now, what that, what that, how that theme is going to be worded and specifically laid out, 
I'm just kind of laying the marker down. And then, you know, we'll get together as a team later this year when we start thinking about 2020 and we'll flesh that out more. Okay. But, but some of you are going to want to know the tr what's really happening as best as we can tell. And, and I can't change an outcome unless I know what's wrong right now, right? So our show next year is going to do everything we possibly can throughout the course of what will be a contentious election. I mean, today, in the previous presidency, we had over two dozen members of the media either went to work in the Obama administration or left the Obama administration and went to work in the media. It was like a revolving door between the media and the Obama administration. And today the president is out attacking Fox News because they're not, um, they're not slurping him enough. But somewhere, And that's saying something because they like to slurp. That, that, no doubt. No doubt. But some, somewhere there's an audience somewhere that, that wants to keep it real, yo. So, you know, it's a great big pie out there. And it might just be one small piece of the pie that wants to keep it real. And the rest of you may just want to be spoon fed. But, but in terms of just sheer business, it does me no, makes me, I make no sense gearing my show that I own. I own the show. So it, I, it makes no sense for me to take my show and try to get one piece of sausage off a pie that 7,000 other people are already splitting amongst themselves. We're going to try to own the other, that one slice that nobody's eating. We're going to try to own all of it. Because somewhere we have to, we have to, it, it, we have, it has to, if we're going to be a people of truth, it has to be okay. And the truth might be, I think Trump's going to win resoundingly. We don't know what it is, but, but we're going to do our best next year to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to channel Jack Nicholson and as good as it gets. When Helen Hunt asks him, how do you write women so well? And he says, well, I think of a man and then I remove um, uh, reason and emotion, right? Okay, or, or, I mean, uh, and a reason for emotion. I'm, that's sort of what we're going to try to do. And I'm, go I'm going to approach this the way I would if I was at the sports book here in Iowa. And I'm like, I hope Michigan wins every game, but I like being right more than I like even Michigan winning every game. I'm not going to just knowingly put a wager on it on my team that I think can't win because it's my team. I'm not going to do that. You guys okay with that? I'm okay with you. You're, you're basically to the extent that this has been done in a way that's been recognized and respected in recent history. You're, you're going to try to revive Tim Russert's whiteboard in a way, in a way, I mean, in a way. It, yeah. Just some, uh, and he might've been the last real journalist left in America. Well, the last, and I mean, like maybe working almost anywhere, frankly, that didn't have felt like he had some narrative that he had to pump to some extent somewhere. He might have been the last one, where you know he was guest hosting Rush Limbaugh's show when he used to when he used to take vacations. He might have been one, certainly one of the last ones. But yeah, what's the reality of the situation? Now, if I'm right that I don't know how much of the data we're going to be trust anymore. It's not going to be easy to even know this, by the way. But we're going to try. Somewhere, someone's got to, got to be looking at this as what is, as best as we can tell, what is honestly happening. And, and I want to give you a down payment on what this is going to look like. This Fox News poll 
that that Trump's all obsessed about and angry about. The top line, him losing to all of the Democratic challengers is irrelevant. All right, that that historically it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. What is relevant is he can't get above thirty nine percent in any of them. That's very relevant. All right. Like if he was beating Bernie Sanders 39 to 37, it would still be problematic that the incumbent president can't get above 39%. But, but here's the kind of stuff we're going to uncover for you next year that really matters. I'm going to show this to you. This is from Josh Crashour at Hotline. And he's pointing out one of the internals in the Fox poll. Voters who have a negative view of both Trump and Biden back Biden 43 to 10 in a head-to-head matchup. 43 to 10. Here's why that matters. In 2016, we had, we had an election outcome that had never occurred since we started really tracking these in the television era, candidate favorables. And since 1960, the first television election, the candidate with the highest favorables, with one possible exception, we don't really know in 1972 because Nixon and McGovern never debated. And it was after that election, Nixon and McGovern never debated. Nixon had a historic route. The, the classic joke of, I don't know anybody voted for Richard Nixon, says the Baroness in the New York Times elevator. That's when the League of, of Women Voters got involved and we had to have debates in every election now because that couldn't possibly be allowed to happen again. So 1972 is a bit of an outlier. We don't really know how relevant favorables were because the candidates didn't debate head to head. That election aside, though, every election until this last one, the candidate with the highest favorables won. Now, Hillary's favorables were higher than Donald Trump's. Well, see, Steve, the polls were wrong. Well, except her, her favorables were like minus 20, and his were like minus 35. So, throw that stat out. It's an irrelevant stat. When, when both are disdained and disliked at this level, very what that tells you is very few people are voting affirmatively. Very few people are voting because they're proud of the vote that they're making. And so when you have two candidates that are that universally disliked, there's no such thing as a favorable. They're both hated. And that's one that's one of the reasons why 20,000 black voters who voted for Obama twice in Milwaukee didn't vote in 2016. By the way, what was Trump's margin of victory in Wisconsin? You know what it was? I think it was fewer than 24,000 votes, which means almost 90% of his entire margin of victory in Wisconsin were those 20,000 black Obama voters that stayed home in 2016 from a state that Hillary never visited, remember? She never campaigned in Wisconsin. What, that, what a number like that tells you is, a, is a, he's not going to win a race to the bottom again because he's the defined incumbent now. And, and, and that tells you that a group of people are like, that's, I'm not going to fall for that trick again. You've got to get me to vote for you or I'm going another way. And what that also tells you that if you work in the president's political office, you need to raise his favorables with the American people. He needs to be seen. And I believe we started this year saying this after the 2018 midterms. He needs to be seen as more presidential. He need, people need to be more proud of who their president is. His, those numbers with a relatively strong economy in a nation that's relatively at peace, except for his North Korean ridiculousness on Twitter, that, that just shouldn't happen. It just, it just, and what you're seeing is this is personal. 
there is a there is an increasing block of voters that no matter what he does or what he says he cannot win over he is turning them off And where I think those numbers are particularly troublesome and problematic is they come on the heels of what I thought were two, four, really, because they were two a night. Four disastrous debates for Democrats. Where any form of moderation was thrown out the window and their, and, and their presumed frontrunner who's supposed to appeal to Main Street America flailed that poorly in both of his attempts to look like the adult in the room. So this idea that then by extension, since they looked bad, Trump will look better. No. And I, and I think you're walking into a, an era we've never seen before. There's never been a president with this level of personal disdain and dislike that he just couldn't win people over no matter what he did. And once we get into the hardness of the election next year, it's going to be really hard to change that. This fourth quarter is now the time that he needs to do that. He needs to soften up some of that absolutist opposition. He needs to be more presidential, and he needs a better message other than you have no choice but to vote for me, which is what he dropped on you in this last rally. Hour two is next here, live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. We're back live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. We're going to open up the phone lines here in just a few minutes. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Let us know what you think about what we think as well. Via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening to us today via the podcast if you wouldn't mind taking a few minutes out of your schedule and leaving us a five-star review today we would appreciate that thousands of you have done this for us already on the podcast platform that you prefer the more of you that do this the more the algorithms that now rule us all will smile benevolently upon us and help us to find more people like you and thus making it more likely we'll get to continue doing this because there's really nothing else we can do and it's not even as if we do this well right so thank you to those of you that have left us a five-star review please consider doing so if you have not already done so also if you've hit a wall with your weight loss goals your health getting healthier goals please consider riduzone what riduzone wants to do is take the this little signal it's got a fancy name its abbreviation is oea and it goes from the gut to the brain telling the brain when you're full you might be thinking, man, I'm having a hard time with my cravings. I'm having a hard time with my portion sizes because it's not what you eat unless you have a food allergy, then it is. But it's for everybody else, it's not what you're eating. It's how much of it you're eating, all right? So uh, this is where Riduzone comes in. It's not loaded with caffeine, chemicals, a bunch of stimulants. All it is is this OEA so that when the belly is full, it says to the brain, hey, now you do your thing consider it like your own personal stoplight and we all were given this for various reasons it just doesn't work the way we would like it to at times and that's where riduzone comes in and if you want to try it right now you can get a bottle using my name steve as a promo code to get uh, a special offer at riduzone.com promo code steve riduzone.com it's r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e for riduzone.com
All right, before we move on to our Monday town hall topic this week, I kind of dropped this on you guys uh, a little few minutes ago without letting you know what I was thinking about where I wanted next year's theme uh, to head, given we're heading into, I, I think it'll be, I know we've heard this our whole lives. I don't know that it's the most important election of our lifetimes, okay? But I, I do think it will be unlike any election we've had in our lifetimes. I'm actually starting to... Uh, think this is the I'm, I'm starting to think this is the least important election of and, our lifetimes and, and, and if everybody so waters down any semblance of integrity you're right right if there's if there is no higher principle at stake and everything now is self-interest and everything now is um is 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 a negative uh, op, you know pr- assertion uh, meaning I'm operating off of negative reinforcement, then you're right. It, it is the least important. It's just, it's an act. I'm, I'm just doing this. I'm like registering for selective service. I'm, I'm doing it because I have to, and then I'm moving on. But, but who knows with, who knows, uh, you know, a year from now what the environment may or may not be. But I want, I want our show to be a place where at least people still interested in truth can feel as if particularly someone hosting it, who has a background in doing this kind of stuff professionally where they feel like there's at least some place where we're striving to get outside of our own narrative bubble to what is actually happening out there. That And that higher principle you mentioned, this is how I know you're being deadly honest about this because why, one of the most interesting things about being on this show during the time I've been on it now, which is uh, gosh, five years or something like that, and watching how the wheels turn in your head because you, you you're... Uh, desire to prognosticate while well, you talk all the time about you know being eagle driven wanting to be right but you mostly want to be right because the truth matters and the confidence uh, that came in establishing and you do you, i see you doing it with football now but i making sure you got your ducks in a row and so therefore if there's something that's off you you have enough confidence in the paradigm of established you, you you're not throwing out the entire equation you just realize i got to tweak one variable here or there that's certainly true in sports right now but that was more t- true in politics now you've just mentioned these two debates around the time of those debates you wrote that column about mm-hmm. if they keep doing this trump can't win and now you or can't lose can excuse me he can't lose mm-hmm. and now you, you are more willing than ever be, because of the same fundamental principle but you're more willing than ever to just, it's not just about one variable. You're throwing entire equations out the window, basically, because you realize you have to to be honest. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I think that is a place that you're willing to go that most simply won't because they, they'd rather, honestly, risk being wrong all the time, but with the same one-trick pony. Whereas you, listen, you're just flat out saying this, this thing is so, it's my version of the status quo is the status quo until it isn't anymore. Agreed. I, I'm, 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 I'm searching through the truth as hard as ever. I promise you that. But that means I'm probably going to be as wrong as ever. And I need to be humble and open about that. And we're all going to do it together because it's, it, it's just, it, it, we've never seen some of the shades they've happened before because there's nothing new under the sun but here we are we're temporal we're, we're dealing with things in a way uh the chaos um is just out there in a way that we've never had to deal with before and you're just flat out saying listen i'm going to be honest about that donald trump would probably not be president of the united states without fox news correct now they at first opposed his nomination while his buddy Joe Scarborough and Mika were promoting him, you know, hand to mouth 
All right. Um, but eventually he would not, it, 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 it certainly would have been far more difficult for him to be president of the United States without Fox News. That poll they put out last week, I view that as an attempt to penetrate his bubble. I, I view that as an attempt, that, that was an intervention. Because there's some crazy stories. I, I got a, a little birdie of mine who was telling me that he knows one of Trump's pollsters and, and he can't tell him the truth. He refuses to hear it. And his predecessor went in there and told him what the real numbers were. And Trump called Jared all upset and Jared had the guy fired. And so they, every, you have to tell him everything's great. He can't hear any, he, won't, he refuses to hear anything other than that. So I don't know, who knows how much of that, there's a lot of crazy stuff like that going around. But when the network that is somewhat responsible for the job that you currently have, and I don't know what the percentage is, 50, 60, 70, 10, it's not, it's not debatable that they have, they're, they're one of the reasons why he's president today. That's not even debatable. What's debatable is how big of a reason it is, but it's not debatable that they are, right? Correct. Okay. When they're telling you, this is bad, you need to, I viewed that poll that they put out last week, especially with the end, that the question that they even ask, hey, what if both candidates have high unfavorables? I've never even seen that asked. You know why? Because we've never had a race like we had in 2016 with two utterly disdained human beings at this level. And for them to have the foresight, and Fox is one of the highest rated pollsters out there, by the way, if you look at 538's polling ratings. For them to have the foresight to ask a question like that, can I just translate what Fox is? Fox is trying to find out, can Trump run the exact same kind of campaign that he won in 2016 and win? And you know what the answer they got back was? Hell no. No. Because you're not the challenger anymore and you're not running against Hillary. You're, you're the incumbent. It's a referendum on you. You have to sell me on voting for you. Those, the internals in that poll, forget, everybody focuses on the top line stuff, well, he's not beating Biden, and, you know, and I've, I know all the stats about what the early, and I've even shown you in the past, early head-to-head polling doesn't matter. What does matter is that your own network, that's somewhat responsible for the job you have, just did a poll, and after they weighted it, couldn't get you above 39%, despite by a lot of measures, the most enthusiastic the American voter has been about the economy since the dot-com boom in the latter Clinton years. 20 years ago. Three million people just watched the Democrats go triumph of the will, Bolshevikism. And, and their chosen Main Street champion, Joe Biden, said, you're all racists and shut down Pennsylvania and West Virginia. We don't need those states anymore killing the world. And, a- and after watching that, they went out into the field, your own network, man. I mean, he's at minus nine in Rasmussen. That's like his absolute Mark Grace slump buster poll, man. You remember that reference from back in the old sports radio days. I mean, Rasmussen is is Trump's version of for a good time call. And his favorables are minus nine with his own booty call. 
I viewed that Fox poll as the as as in a way what we said about the New York Times last hour. They looked at Vox and they looked at Salon and all these places and Mother Jones and like, you guys can't make this happen. And they went all Thanos at the end of Avengers Age of Ultron, put their hand in the Infinity Gauntlet and said, we'll do it ourselves. You you guys are a clown show, ESPN. You guys couldn't couldn't convince America. It shouldn't exist. It's a race. It's a, it's a race baiting haven. We'll do it ourselves. And I, I viewed that poll last week as Fox trying to penetrate the bubble of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and say, hey, McFly, anybody home here, McFly? You should be coasting right now, dude. Coasting. You won't find an analyst that thinks the economy is going to be better a year from now than it is right now. Now, they don't all think it's going to be in a recession, but they think the likelihood we continue on this track, particularly when we're spending into oblivion, unlimited debt ceilings, and we're tariffing everything. You won't find anybody that thinks it's going to be exactly what it is right now a year from now. You should be, in a way, he should be in the position that Biden should have been in coming out of those two debates. This is the time for Trump to pad a lead. To, to build up his reserves to withstand the attacks. Instead, they're exhausted. And I viewed that poll from Fox as an intervention attempt. They're trying to penetrate the, the Javanka bubble. Are there any adults over there? Anybody? No? Well, then we're going to... This is like a Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Well, we'll use Geraldo. He works for Fox. When Geraldo used to take the thug kids to prisons for the scared straight episodes, remember those? <laughs> Okay, they're doing a scared straight Trump edition. And Trump's response is like, well, you know, they got Juan Williams. They, they've, Juan Williams has worked at Fox as long as I can remember. Do you remember a time that Juan Williams no, wasn't I do on not. Fox? I do not. Okay. <laughs> he's outlasted Fred Barnes yeah. and Mort Kondracki it's and all those clearly dudes. Clearly, he didn't get their message. I, to me, I thought Fox was trying to... to, 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 to get the attention of the Trump political operation saying something wicked this way comes. These numbers shouldn't be like anywhere close to this. You should be coasting right now. And we even asked, can you win another race to the bottom? Everybody sucks. So I'll, uh, so I'll vote for the crazy guy. Cause he's not a communist. No, no, that's not gonna, that's not going to play again this time. You're going to have to actually convince people you're a worthy president. You're going to have to do that. That's the message I got from their poll, especially given the source. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's Chuck Todd's not pouring over the results of a Fox Opinion Dynamics poll, folks. You are. You are. I, I viewed that as they tried to get his attention, see if there was any adults left. And I think the early returns, Aaron, not promising. Yeah, but I don't think anybody's necessarily surprised by that. No, I, we're gonna we're gonna find a couple things out uh, next next year uh, when we go along this track. One of which is what we talked about at the top of the show as it relates to what we're trying to do on this show, which is um, you know not uh, not having any sacred cows here. We're gonna find out what, uh, again as we always do every single day, if there's a market for that, if we go along this, uh, if there's a market for something other than just give me what I want to hear, uh, we're going to find that out yet again 
The second thing is we have been kind of operating under this assumption that because of how far left the Democrats are and because of how good the economy is, that there's no way, barring Mm -hmm. a recession, that Trump is going to lose. If I can test that theory, let me ask you, and I think you've already answered this, but I want to test it a little bit. If Trump didn't say a word, didn't tweet a syllable. Yes, didn't tweet a syllable mm-hmm. between now and the first presidential debate for the general election, would he have a better chance of winning? Yes. Do you think? Yeah. So you think that it is a combination then of him not affirmatively fighting, like actually fighting for something, and the fact that he's just, I mean, it is overload all of the time. Yes, the because what you're getting right now, that the point Aaron just made, I hope all of you that are listening to this, are following along because this is the key point of the entire, the transactional process we're, we're trying to lay out. There's a ratio. There's all in, in every relationship in life, there's what's called a grief to profit ratio. How much, how much are you, this is why when you get married, you have to, the reason why you have to covenant to have and to hold in sickness and in health for richer or for poorer <laughs> is because a covenantal relationship doesn't permit you these sorts of transactional notions. You're like, well, I gave my word. I promised you before God and all of our family, I'm here to the end. Even if it's the bitter end, I'm here to the very end. I'm not going anywhere, okay? It, this isn't a covenantal relationship in election. It is for the hyper-partisans on both sides, okay? But for most people, this is a purely transactional process. Purely transactional. And one of the things that's transactional is, am I proud of my president? Do I like him? Do I, do I feel as if, I, I, I won't even ask this question, but I know all kinds of you are going to vote for Trump next year. And the minute he comes on your television screen, you turn it off. And you wouldn't catch yourself dead watching one of those rallies because they nauseate you. I know you. I know. Because you make up a lot of this audience and you're one of the reasons we have been able to survive this environment without driving into one of the two ditches our friend Bob Vanderplas talked about last week. You're the reason why. You're legion. See, there's really not too many people in those ditches. Most people are like you. The problem is in the market for conservative media is the more and more you're becoming divorced to, t- to typical conservative clickbait because it nauseates you, then we, we, we keep feeling we have to put out the nauseating clickbait to get the people to click that do respond to it, right? It becomes a, 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 a dysfunctional, mm-hmm. you know, perpetuating process. But most people that vote in this process don't believe Cheeto Jesus saves or orange man bad. And his personality is unnecessarily creating up opponents. Now, he may not care. I mean, if Donald Trump loses next year, how's his life change? More time at the Mar-a-Lago? He gets to walk away. Maybe he'll start his own network to compete with Fox. He'll walk away, blaming the whole thing on the, you know, the, the, the most biased media ever. Fox News didn't support him. The never-Trumpers, who are point zero 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 one percent of the electorate literally okay right and and he's going to still do rallies and 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 his throngish cult will agree with all of that want to hear that and won't be able to get enough 
In many respects, he'll get all the trappings of being president without any of the responsibility if he loses next year. I think it's entirely possible in his mind he doesn't care about any of that. I don't think we have any clue what's going on in his mind. Anybody who tells you, don't believe him. I think if there's one thing we've learned about Donald Trump, he's just not motivated by the same things the average typical person is. And sometimes that's for better and sometimes that's for worse. But in many respects, Trump is, has proven as a candidate and as president, he has proven to be a lot like the Democrats in that he is not content with just winning. He's made it clear he wants to win a certain way. And that is, you must affirm thee. Love my monkey, touch it. You got to love you some Trump. I mean, he's out there saying at his rally last week, you have no choice but to vote for me. Just as we've talked about the Democrats leaving no safe landing spot, really, they're not really offering, those of you that aren't communists, but you just want to be rid of Donald Trump, they're not giving you a lot, right? They're not like moderating on anything at all. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, you're like out there, how much for one rib? All right. You're like Chris Rock. Now, how much for half a rib? How much to smell the rib? How much to smell the rib? And the Democrats are like hammer and sickle and a 75% tax on that. And you're like, how much for the napkin? Can I get a, 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 a straw? Well, the straw has to be paper, right? There, you're, you're, there's all kinds of voters negotiating with the Democratic Party. Please. I want to be rid of this dude, please. And they're like offering you nothing. They're like, and you'll take nothing and like it. So there you go. How you like that? And you're racist. So great. In many respects, Trump's the exact same way. Just the inverse of that. In many respects, the way he messages himself is, you have to buy into the whole shtick and act or you hate America. And you're helping the Democrats win. And his followers just pick right up with that. They don't welcome you unless you love the chocolate bunny as much as they do. It's not enough to say, you know, this Nebuchadnezzar guy makes the trains run on time. <sighs> Better than Ahab, <laughs> right? They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, in many respects, he doesn't offer you that. You have to bow to the chocolate bunny too. And I think if both sides are now going to, re, are going to, to treat whatever is left of persuadables this, this way. And if the persuadables are telling Pew as they did last week, they don't believe any of the news that's trying to persuade them. The signs are there. You're heading in. I don't know if it's going to be the most important election of your lifetime, but I do think you're heading into which will be the most damn peculiar one. You're never going to see another one. We've never seen one. Now, they may. this might be the start of a trend. Where if the political culture is just going to completely devolve into a cold civil war, it may be like this for the rest of our lifetime, just the kinds of personalities may change. There may not be a personality as grating as Trump's next time. Or the Democrats may have the grating person. You know what I'm saying? The, the personas may change. This may be our new fundamental. I think that's entirely possible. The new, the new fundamental is they're really, we're just, we're just trying to get over on you. We're not really trying to just persuade people. We're trying to conquer you. And if that's the new fundamental, then that's going to change the way that we analyze elections going forward. We won't know that about this election yet. In fact, you won't know that until the elections to come after this next one. But whether it's a trend or an outlier, 
2020 is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen because you're going to have two entities that are really incapable of expanding their bases when they should be very capable of it. The Democrats should be very capable of taking advantage of how disliked Trump is. Given Look at his likability numbers are in the toilet, despite the relative goodness happening in the country. People, there's a sizable block of people who just want to be rid of this guy. But they're offering those voters nothing other than, I'm not Donald Trump. And anytime you disagree with me, you're a racist. And Trump is offering his own version of this. Anytime you disagree with me, leave America. Anytime you leave America, disagree with me, get out. Fox isn't shilling for me enough. I, I don't like that. Can you tell me when in America we started caring which news networks presidents liked? Is that... Banana republics are where they care about stuff like that. Okay? So, Okay. What are we going to do with all these people then that don't really care about any of this? And neither side seems, at least right now, maybe they'll wise up in three to six, nine months. I don't know. But right now, neither side seems willing or capable of providing them a, a, a port in the storm, a safe heart, a soft landing spot to feel like, you know what? Even if you don't buy into the packaging, we fail your pain. Neither side's really offering that. So what do you do with that? Well, what you do, Todd, is you have a, an election defined by whoever's dumbest last loses. Whoever, whoever um, shows their ass last to offend this group of people is going to get their asses kicked next election day. And I think that's the track that we're heading on unless one of these sides wises up, shows an inkling of humility and realizes there's a referendum-level election victory to ha be had out there. If, if on the Trump side, if there may be just a little bit more um, human, that's the word I'm looking for, a little bit more human. Get off of Twitter! Like, completely, now. I don't think it, I don't think it helps them on any level, now, at all. I think, I think now, even when it's clever or funny, the, the people I'm talking about just are, are sick of it, tired of it, want it to go away. We're at the point of diminishing returns. You know, there's a point in your, when your football team, when your football coach disappoints you, that you start, you don't want them to win that rivalry game at the end of the year because then you're afraid that they'll like keep the guy around and not fire him and go get a real coach, right? Right? Mm -hmm. You ever been in that position as a fan? I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I've been in that position a lot. That's what Trump's Twitter is. You don't want him to win on Twitter. You just you're just tired of hearing about it. When something comes up, when you when you're hearing a radio show or watching a TV show and they mention a Trump, you turn the channel. I know who you are. I know your I know your legion out there. I know you are. The local news comes on. The Trump had a rally last night. You turn the, t the the station's volume all the way down. You I don't want to hear about it. I can't stand it. I know who you are. Your legion. You're the majority, actually, here. Just There's not many people catering to you. So, we the, people need to think Donald Trump's a human being. Democrats need to be, I don't know, don't be communists. But I, I don't know that either side, given the worldview of the left, 
and the the ego and narcissism of the of the Trump of the Donald. I, I don't know that either one of them is capable of offering that. And so if, if neither side's going to offer you a safe harbor, then this is going to be one hell of a ride next year, Todd. Your thoughts? Yeah, they're not going to argue, argue a safe harbor. And if if we can take that data at face value, that gap, that 33-point gap between Trump and Biden specifically, now I don't know if there were numbers similar in any way with other candidates, but I think we they, they we, I think, agree that if Biden gets through, he does have the best chance to be Trump. So Trump is not going to sit by on Twitter and allow that dynamic to happen. He's his, he, in his mind. He has to make sure it's not Biden. And that's not staying off of Twitter in his mind. That's going on Twitter embarrassing because he that's the relationship here. The fundamental relationship is insanity. It's. It's spy versus spy. Who and yes. tr- Trump is waiting to pounce on the left even, when they're e- stupid. Even what you just said about we assume Biden has the best chance to beat Trump, but that's predicated on the assumption that he will be either smart enough or because of his name ID and 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 place in the party and the cover of Obama's VP will be given permission to triangulate post nomination into going back to being uncle joe mm-hmm. that's the assumption right that's that part he, of it that he will be he will be given permission in the democratic party uh and he has a willingness to return to being uncle joe you're not everybody's not a racist right that's the assumption based on what we've seen in these two debates though are you as confident in that assumption as you would have been even a couple of months ago I, that I, they're going to let him do that or that he'd even be willing to do that I think, uh, but uh, the way the people are thinking about this and him being a default is like, they're like, he's, he's I mean, really York, old when, and really tired. When the New York and, Times is out there running articles next year, the, when the 1619 Project is churning out, America's racist every day, every week. They're gonna, he's going to get away with, well, you know, I respect the New York Times. I, I, I don't necessarily have that view of American. I think people... Yeah, I don't I think, know. I yeah, don't know. that exists, but I think people are honestly hoping. I hope uh, Biden wins. I hope the Republicans retake the House, and I hope we have the greatest gridlock we've ever seen, and nothing happens because I'm exhausted. I take that. I definitely take that, and I think I don't. I, I don't think that we can really expect um, at this point Donald Trump to pay attention to any of his advisors or his polls. And that could change. Everything could always change. But as so long as Butt Daddy and Pasty White Dude are the ones who are giving him advice and the ones who are in his confidence. Javanka calling members of Congress last week for gun for, control. For red flag laws. Yeah. Man, this is not, this is not the advice you're looking for. Um, I just, I have a bad, I, I have a bad feeling about this as well. Hmm. All right, we're going to open up the phone lines. It's our Monday Town Hall next. Jeffrey Epstein has been officially ruled a suicide. Are you buying it? Yes or no? 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393 when we come back. Stay tuned. The Amazon Capital One data breach just hit. 106 million of us had our names, home addresses, and banking information exposed. Forget credit card theft. Your far greater risk if you own your own home is home title fraud. Title fraud is rampant because identity thieves figured out that title and mortgage information to our homes 
now kept online. Their big payday comes by forging your name off your home's title. So it appears now that they own your home. Then they borrow all your equity till it's gone. Forget your insurance, bank, or identity theft program. They don't touch this. But for pennies a day, Home Title Lock does. And they do it by locking down your home's title and mortgage. The first 60 days after crimes like the Amazon server Capital One breach are crucial. So I've got you today, courtesy of Home Title Lock, 60 risk-free days of home title protection. Claim your 60 risk-free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Enter your address. Find out. If you've already been targeted, if you're already a victim, that's HomeTitleLock.com. 60 risk-free days to protect your home right now at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, Friday afternoon, Friday news dump. The coroner there in New York officially ruled pimp to the stars, to the powerful, to the elite, Jeffrey Epstein, particularly of the underage variety. Um... And he was certainly a serial partaker himself. Uh, they officially ruled his death a suicide. I have a simple question for you for our Monday Town Hall topic here on the Steve Day Show. 888-933-93. Are you buying it and why? 888-933-93. Do you believe it? I don't. Well... I, I believe Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide all by himself. Or, you know, to use the Kennedy assassination nomenclature, acted alone. Like, for example, the, the U.S. no longer believes Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. That's often forgotten, but they had this thing called the House Select Committee on Assassinations in the, Kennedy, in the Carter administration that reopened this investigation and in 1979. Changed the official U.S. position now is that Lee Harvey Oswald did kill President Kennedy, but did not act alone. Okay, so I think it's entirely possible Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, but I don't believe that he acted alone. Do you believe Jeffrey Epstein acted alone in committing suicide? 888-933-93, yes or no, and then why or why not? And if you do believe this, if you believe we're all being irresponsible conspiracy theorists here, because I, I believe this the way I believe that 20 trillion cells in my body and yours just randomly and purposelessly evolved for no reason after a series of millions of years of natural process coincidences to become this thing called human intellect, the soul, dignity, cognitive reasoning, etc. Yeah, I don't really believe that much either. But, it, but if you do believe this, you're going to go to the front of the line here because I'd be curious to know why. 888-900-3393 is the number. Are you buying the story so far that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide acting alone, although the feds say the investigation is ongoing? Todd, I'll start with you. Do you believe this? No, and the distinction you made is crucial here. The What they're telling you now without telling you anything else, and I don't know what the current state of things in terms of the investigation that Bob Barr, not Bob, uh, Bill Barr, Bill Barr is uh, talking about. Um, but what they're telling you is kind of the equivalent of a story uh, that uh, Steve has spoken about in the past. But if I tell you it this way, a uh, porn star committed suicide. Uh, like, okay, 
um, you know, that's a tough industry. People may bottom out to have a hard time. Now, uh, I tell you, yeah, a porn star committed suicide, but did it because of the ruthless bullying she received uh, after saying, well, I'm not going to have this kind of sex with uh, gay porn stars. He's used this uh, example to highlight points before. It's handy again because that that's bearing the lead if you don't mention that. That is the entire story. And right here, do I have a problem? Could he have killed himself? That's likely what happened. But, you know, what? Did did he just happen to have a cyanide capsule that grew on a unicorn tree that happened to sprout? I mean, really, come on, people. That's that's the point Steve is trying to make. Yeah, yeah. The guy almost certainly took his life, in my estimation, by his own hand, some way, in some way. But you know how 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 in a maximum you have to have so the the. the the every single Avengers plot line from beginning to end is more realistic in this world than what we're asked to believe happened with two guys, two guards falling asleep at the same time in a max security prison. With the most high-profile prisoner. Yeah. Yes. Uh, currently incarcerated. And it's for that reason that it's already been confirmed Um it's already been confirmed that he didn't act alone for that reason alone uh, because of the two guards who were uh, supposed to be checking in on him, whether or not it was foul play or something, something fraudulent. Yeah. Uh, we already know that whether it was because of their own incompetence or because they were in on the scam, uh, Epstein was a- allowed to uh, take his own life somehow. So that part of it, looking at it from that angle, we already know, we already know that Epstein didn't act alone. And I just saw on Twitter now that Bill Barr is ousting the Federal Bureau of Prisons chief in response to Epstein's death. That just happened. That's breaking news uh, as it happens? A few hmm. minutes ago, yes. Okay. So I think that's, I mean, there's coincidences. I mean, we're is, talking about this and that's breaking. Come on. I mean, once again, come on. 888-900-3393, are you buying? See, I'm not even sure I even totally, I, I could be convinced with actual evidence. And I'm going to need more than a named coroner's mm-hmm. report. I could be convinced that he committed suicide with help. And because if he committed suicide, it was with help. It's just a matter, as Aaron pointed out, whether it was um, uh, incompetence or malfeasance or malfeasance mm-hmm. incompetence. Okay. Um, I'm not entirely even convinced that he committed suicide. Oh, I'm not. I'm, 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 I, I just think that it's I even the most. That. It, 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 the, most the most likely, likely scenario, I agree, based on everything that has been bandied about so far, the most likely scenario is that um, he committed some form of assisted suicide. That, that's the most likely scenario, but I don't, I don't know that I buy like, like any of this. And this is, I mean, you've mentioned earlier, you've worked here for how many years now? Going on year five. Something like that. You, yeah. have you ever seen me out on a limb like this on something? Uh, that, they, they, that, that went into the conspiratorial? Where I just, on the well, outset, just refuse to accept any official explanation on any level. In terms of framing it that way, you go out on a limb, but it's never, that, which is why you've been careful to frame here. Like, I'm not, I usually go in the opposite direction. I right. will be the last one to jump on anything that is viewed as overtly conspiratorial. Yeah, because you're asking me to be uh, overtly stupid. All right, and I'm just, I'm, I'm going to reject that from, from the outset. Let's go to the phones. Let's start with Brad in North Carolina. Brad, are you buying that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide? Yes or no and why? 
I believe he absolutely committed suicide by himself. I do not believe he had any form of assistance from anyone, not government-wise, not jail workers, no one. I believe All right, good. I'm, I was looking for this. Tell us why. Oh, the, the reason, why did he kill himself, or why do I believe that? No, no, no. Why do you believe it? Yeah. Uh, because, A, I've been in jail and prisons before. I've done time myself, and I do know how that environment works, and I do know that it could be extremely depressing, and I, I believe that he did not have any assistance because, A, there hasn't been any evidence to say, suggest that he did at all, other than conspiracy theorists. I believe the man was extremely depressed, knew that he was, he was going to spend the rest of his life in a, in a cage, and decided to take himself out. That's what I believe. I don't believe he had any help from anyone. Okay. Tell me what evidence there has been. You said there wasn't any evidence that he has been helped. Right. Tell me what evidence there has been that he hasn't been. Well, I think to there I would have to lean just almost to common sense. I mean, because at this point, you're, you're just, it sounds almost too conspiracy theorist in my mind. You know, I, I just don't see evidence one way or the other. But to just jump out on a limb and say, well, the guy definitely had assistance because he knew things that, that people didn't want him to get out there. I think that that's, maybe he did know things that people don't want to get out there. But I don't think there's a shred of evidence that suggests that anyone at all had, had given him any help. I just don't okay. see it. So, um, so I'm gonna, let me pick up the point that you just made there, all right? So mere hours, mere hours after the first document drunk dump of his unsealed indictment comes out and implicates several massive political names for the first time, including a member of a royal family. Right. He suddenly, after he, he commits suicide just mere hours after this occurs because two guards in the federal penitentiary system happened to just fall asleep that night and and weren't there to 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 uh, to keep an eye on him to keep their guard rotation up and we have no video whatsoever in a maximum security prison uh, on the federal level watching or monitoring the most famous inmate they currently have so we have no idea where the materials or anything else would have come from in order for him to hang himself which just occurred after this initial unsealing of his indictment and the cops just happened to fall asleep that night believe me you, you believe all that you, you buy into all of that I, I, yes and believe me I, I get that he's a high profile person i get that you would think that they would keep an extra eye on him especially since he just tried to kill himself a week earlier which we know that he mm -hmm. did. Um, so you would think that they would maybe keep an extra eye on him. And, but let me just tell you something about the laziness of a lot of corrections officers. They don't always do their job. A lot of them do sleep. A lot of them don't do the walkthroughs that they're supposed to. A lot of them ignore safety concerns because of laziness or because of otherwise. That is just a fact. So I get that, you know, it seems a little weird that well, all of a sudden he, he releases a bunch of information or a bunch of information gets released on high-profile people and then miraculously, you know, then he ends up dead. But to suggest that would also have to say that the jail workers were somehow involved, uh, that, I mean, could, nobody snuck into his cell and killed him. Nobody gave him any tools to kill himself with. How do you know that? How do you know that? Well, you're, you're correct. I was not in the cell, and neither were you, or neither was anybody else. Mm -hmm. So you are correct there. I, how do I know? I don't. But I think just to jump out there and say, well, this, this seems a little shady and kind of weird and, you know, I think it's just throwing a little, a little nonsense out there. I, I don't think there's any true evidence to support one way or the other. So before you make the assumption that he had assistance, I think that maybe you should have a little bit of proof is all. Um, other than the fact, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Just to say the coincidental aspect of 
that information being released, and all of a sudden this equates to, oh, it looks a little shady now, the, you know, the guy ends up dead. He also tried to kill himself. He knew he was going to be in prison for the rest of his life. That He knew that with certainty. Um, so I think he just took himself out. Um, I don't... I, there would be, you don't think right you don't now. think because he tried to kill himself before, they didn't have an impetus to keep more of an eye on him they after the fact. You don't have. think they a hundred percent should have? But what what I'm telling you is, okay. due to their laziness and due to the fact that they really don't care, sometimes they will go ahead and sleep, even on a high profile case, whatever. And believe me, people get depressed and people do kill themselves all the time in prison. I knew of it happening twice while I was in there. Uh, it happens. So. I, I don't know. Before we jump to saying that he had some form of assistance, I think you need to have at least a small fraction of proof. I mean, well, I he, of course, I, I agree with Aaron's position that we we do have proof that there was some level of, of assistance because the guards had to fall asleep and not monitor him, right? But that's not assistance. That's laziness. The the that's the, the, that's the video. Assistance. Well, it, it may, it's not maybe not intentional assistance, but, but at the tacit. very least, it's tacit assistance. Whoever set up the security the security feeds there and the maximum security federal penitentiary, obviously they assisted with their own level of incompetence. Since we apparently don't have any video for reasons only a law knows. Incompetence runs rampant throughout all prison systems. It is it is a leading thing in there. It's just a fact. Okay. Okay. The people that All run right. those places are, are heartless folks who really don't care half the time. And I, I okay. think he's a high-profile person, but for those jail workers that ain't making a ton of money, they're not thinking twice about that guy over there. He's just another inmate in there who's, you know, doing whatever. They don't really care about him. So if they didn't do a walkthrough every 30 minutes like they should have, that doesn't really surprise me at all. All right. You're exactly who I wanted to hear from. Thank you, Brad, for the call, man. Appreciate you listening to The Blaze. Take care. All right. Before we get to our next caller, if you're one of millions of Americans struggling with chronic pain as the result of inflammation in the body, I've got good news for you. Relief might just be one click away. It's called Relief Factor. All natural, four key natural ingredients created by physicians tired of prescribing drugs that didn't treat do, do anything but treat symptoms. They wanted to unleash the body's God-given health and potential of pushing back against inflammation in the body. And that's what Relief Factor does. I use this product on a regular basis in my my own life i am a true believer it is it is it's just it's 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 fantastic man <laughs> i can't tell you how much better uh, my recovery post workouts the soreness getting up in the morning a lot of that stuff just totally relieved because of relief factor now you can try it for a dollar a day it's called the starter kit you get it for three weeks see if it works for you for 20 bucks what do you got to lose except maybe finally hopefully the pain go to relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com 888-900-3393. Let's go to Paul in Virginia. Paul, are you buying that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide? What do you think? Yes or no and why? No, he didn't commit suicide. That guy was Khashoggi. I mean, they, they rolled in. It's like, it was like a bad movie. They took a, what, a Polaroid of, of Epstein in the jail cell, stuck it up to the camera. Next thing you know, the guards are sleeping. One of them not even really a guard. Police used to hold El Chapo, didn't they? Yeah. I, it, it, is, it is amazing. I, I, listen, I, I 100% agree with you. And I, it, I, I, I find conspiracies, and I say this as a person who used to be heavily embroiled in conspiracy theory subculture. But it, most uh, of the time, they are the intellectual low-lying fruit. But that's also yeah. what this is. You expect me to believe all of these random coincidences. I, I just I, I, The level of stupidity I think I have to sign on to in order to believe all of these coincidences 
Um, I, I just, I, I just, I, I, and the previous caller, I, you know, I, I grant him his own prison experience. I'm guessing though he was not nearly the high profile prisoner that Jeffrey Epstein was with already on suicide watch. But did he say anything that persuaded you at all, Paul, the previous caller? No, that that's the thing. It's like, like you said, he was already on suicide watch and then randomly he was taken off of it, you know, and, and I've been kind of following the little details of this for, for years. Just, you know, the names of the people involved, some AI tech guy. I mean, of course, the former president. I mean, there's a lot of people that stand to lose if he starts opening his mouth. All right. Thank you for the call, man. We appreciate you listening. All right. So, gentlemen, we've heard from two people on both sides of this. Did either one of them say something that made you rethink your, your position you began this conversation with? No, not not rethink. I, 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 but I do think here's one variable we haven't talked about in terms of uh, you know Jeffrey Epstein. You know, yeah, he's we, he's terrible human being. But in terms of you know what kind of what was he thinking here? How, how was he scared? Did he care? Was he depressed? Did he want to die? Well, isn't it's reasonable that he kind of showed his hand early on with that first attempted suicide attempt, mm-hmm. and that's before the release of the initial documents. Is yeah? Is it possible? And but then by him, he basically—if that happened—he showed his hand, and then there's a lot of people thinking, "Well, this isn't—we don't exactly have to throw somebody off a cliff. He wants to go. It's—it's it's not that complicated uh, a push, or for, perhaps it's less complicated if we don't have somebody who, you know, wants to fight it. I. This is not. This has happened before. We we aren't creating some impossible escape from Alcatraz movie. I, I you you actually saying he wanted to die convinces me that this is all the more likely that he was assisted because he just like anybody help give me away I'll do it just so yeah yeah I mean because if if Brad in North Carolina knows how come the people at the maximum security federal penitentiary don't know that jeffrey epstein would prefer to die why was this breaking news to them do you know so what do you think aaron any, any were you persuaded either way not really no and it should be you know it should be noted that um that when you when you look at human behavior especially if you study it closely kind of that's kind of what we do on a day-to-day basis uh, it, it never it never should surprise you when incompetence is the answer. However, because of all of the things that we've talked about and all of the other stuff that you have to believe, simply believing incompetence is the answer, that doesn't cut it. That just does not cut it in this case. And um, if that is the case, then none of us should be sleeping well at night. Yes. All of the answers here are bad. Mm-hmm. All of them. John 3.17. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.